Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. back with you folks this morning on this 245th podcast. We're coming to you. So uh, God is really blessing the study of Psalms of what we call the songs through the night. And uh, we're real excited to continue on Psalm number 49, starting in verse number 13. We're really going to go back to 12, but let's catch, catch up with my co-host, uh, Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. So Stephanie, what's going on in Indiana this morning? It's cold here, Doug. It's cold We here. have got... Let's see here. 27 degrees, wow. snow on the ground. Praise him. It, it, it's cold. I got up this morning and was like, I do not like winter. Not one little bit. Wow. <laughs> so, um, but you know what? It's okay. It's actually flurrying. I'm looking out the window. It's flurrying right now again. But I'm thankful for snow. I would much rather, if it's going to be cold, you might as well have snow so that when you look out the window, you feel cozy. So we're things in that as state as, where... Things as white as snow. Reminds me That's of right, yeah. God cleaning away our sin. Nothing yes. but the blood of... Jesus. Oh! Anyway, <laughs> that's where I'm at this morning. I'm a little bit tired, so we drove in. And, but anyway, that's okay. We're on Psalm 49. We're on the second half. But I'm reminded... I'm reminded of this situation. So every once in a while, we know that God can do a miracle at any time. And uh, so there was a busload of ugly people going to an ugly people convention. And uh, an angel of the Lord appeared in the middle of the bus and said, I will give you all one wish. So he went up to the front of the bus and he started and everybody had the same wish. First person said, I want to be beautiful. I don't want to be ugly anymore. And the angel granted that wish and made her beautiful. Then went to the guy next to her. I don't want to be ugly. I, I want to be handsome. I, I don't want to, uh, you know, all that. And so you can imagine he's getting back toward the end of the bus. So the angel is of the Lord. And there's about 10 people left. And this old dude way in the back is laughing. And sure enough, everybody wanted to be beautiful. He went through and he made everybody beautiful. And he looked at the last guy and he said, Sir, he said, why are you laughing? He said, what's your wish? He said, I wish everybody was ugly again. So... <laughs> that is so wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, that I is didn't... wrong on so many levels. It is. It is. And uh... He should have asked for a second wish because his life just got shortened dramatically. <laughs> yeah, you got to watch those wisher dudes. You got to watch those wisher dudes. And uh, so we came out of Christmas. What proved to be the most popular kid gift given to the kids uh, for this Christmas? You talking from me or from someone else? From anybody. What was the most popular kid gift that all the kids wanted? All the kids wanted to play with. All the kids wanted, were jealous of. There had to be a popular one. You know, everybody this year was so i mean everybody was thankful i honestly never heard one complaint and i didn't i don't know that 
I think Caleb's favorite gifts were, um, I gave him a turtle puzzle. Oh, yeah. He likes turtles. Let me sent you a picture of that. And yeah. um, Charles and I helped him put that together Saturday. I don't know why it said for ages five and under. That thing took us an hour and a half, and it only had 100 pieces. Wow. But it was it's a pretty cool puzzle, and he does not want to take it apart. So I think I've got to go to the office store and find a big poster board so that we can glue it, you know, glue it to that poster board mounted up by his bed. Um, but he also, the remote control car you and Debbie gave Caleb was a, definitely, he thinks that's the coolest thing. Well, no, that's a um, too. You he's, know, Emmy a got dog. a, yeah. yeah, Emmy got a baby doll oh, that she, she feeds every dolls. day. Yeah. yeah, and she wears those, you know, she loves her. They all, I'm not sure that I've heard like one favorite gift Wow. They just, I think they loved everything. It was a, it was a sweet, sweet time. Well, so. that's wonderful. Well, here we are in Psalm 49 and we, we celebrate the gifts that God gives us and the mm -hmm. wonderful gift of salvation. And we talked yesterday and we, we started broaching this subject that David's talking about, a rich guy himself, that it, it doesn't matter where you fit into things. And we've talked before on this podcast that one of the problems we have as Christians is we're respecters of men. And, uh, you know, this guy has more money, so he must be a better guy. Or this person has more money, so they must be better or something to that effect. But the truth of the matter is that, that God doesn't look at wealth as being life extending. God doesn't look at poor as being life extending. We're all going to die. We all have to go through it. We need to understand that wealth doesn't buy us anything. It gives us this false sense of security when it comes to our life, well, we can afford to go to the best doctors. We can do this. Can I tell you that the Lord knows the before and the after times of our habitation. He knows when life begins. He knows when life ends. It's, a, it's in the book of Acts. It's in chapter 17. And here we are in the latter part of that. And here we are in 49, continuing this talk, continuing on. And uh, we find ourselves here starting in 12, even though we finished in 12. Nevertheless, men, man, being in honor, abideth not. He is like the beast that perish. And so right at that verse, and we're going to talk about everyone in a minute, but we need to remember, we're just like the animal that gets hit by a car out there. That day is coming. Uh, or that animal that perished, that, that day is coming. I don't want to be negative juju going on there. But this, their way, is their folly. Yet their posterity approve their sayings. Selah. Like sheep, they are laid in the grave. Death shall feed on them. And the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. And their beauty shall consume in the grave from their dwelling. But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave. For he shall receive me, Selah. But not thou afraid when one is made rich, when the glory of the house is increased. For when he dieth, he shall carry nothing away. His glory shall not descend upon him. Though well he live, he blessed. His soul in men will praise him. When thou doest well to thyself, he shall go to the generations of his fathers. They shall never see light. Man that is in honor and understandeth not is like the beast that perish. Wow. So here we are. We're talking. We're even getting a little more technical, I think, uh, with what the Lord tells us about perishing and that wealth will not determine our destiny, that wealth does not determine our relationship with God, that wealth does not determine anything except we have more money to 
uh, buy things with, but in God's vision and God's creationism and how he created things and put things together, wealth never determined one's walk with the Lord. We see that with Joseph. The Bible tells us that Joseph was a prosperous man. Joseph was a slave. He didn't even own his own body. He didn't even have any money. So I think David's trying to carry on that same thought uh, from the book of Genesis saying, listen, uh, this money doesn't get you anywhere. I mean, what are you thinking as we went through these last verses in Psalm 49? I see to a certain extent it something about it, and tell me if I'm off my rocker here, but something about it reminded me of Ecclesiastes, where David or where Solomon talks at the end of his life about the worthlessness of wealth, the worthlessness of having everything everything at your tip fingertips. And um, you know, I think it's very easy to we live in this world yeah and it's so easy for me to become caught up well if i just had that yeah we fall in the traps almost yeah if i would just have and um or i need that i need that to feel fulfilled and realizing that real fulfillment doesn't come from stuff it doesn't come from money are those things uh, blessings and gifts from god yes and should we be thankful for them yes but if that's what we're living for we are going to be so unfulfilled and um you know there's there's things that yeah I, i'm constantly telling my kids they'll want something, you know, and um, they go on Amazon and they get the gimmies. And um, I'm constantly telling them that's not going to make you happy. Getting that isn't going to make you fulfilled. It's, it may bring, you know, I'm not saying it's wrong to have it, but sometimes it's, it's okay to take a step back and say, no, let's, let's hold off on that. Let's pray about that. Let's find this is this money God's given you is a gift from him. Let's not just spend it on something that's worthless. Let's ask God, um, what's a way we can invest the money he's given to us in eternity. And, um, you know, there's times God lays it on our hearts, um, to give money to a specific missionary or to a specific need. And those are the times I'm reminded of why did God bless us? It's not to hoard it to ourselves. It's, it's not just to waste it on, um, something that's frivolous. Sometimes he gives to us simply to give to others. It's not to consume it upon our lusts. You know, we're going to, we can't take any of our treasures with us and, um, going through what we went through with losing virtually everything of worth. Um, and when we had to evacuate Cameroon, God hammered this into me. And when we, when we left Cameroon, virtually the only things I was really cared about having was my Bible because that this Bible I've had since I was a teenager and it's very, very precious to me. It was my Bible, my husband's Bible, and my kids, that's about all that mattered to me, obviously our paperwork, but you know, it was just like, in the end, that's all that mattered. And I think coming to that point is important of realizing we're going to die. When my husband died, he didn't take anything with him. 
He didn't take his phone, his drone, any of those things that were fun things he enjoyed here on earth. None of those things went with him. What he took to heaven with him was the treasures he had laid up that were already there in heaven, what he had laid up in heaven. And that's the same for all of us. Um, that's why Jesus admonished us, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. And um, that's the challenge I see here that David's giving. Uh, the grave steals all of that from you. So what are you living for? Yeah. No, and that's good. And and I think, I think that's a good question. I think that should be the basis of the end of our devotion this morning is what are we living for? You know, what is it that we're living for? What is it that we're, you know, maybe this great uh, psalm here brought us to that point. What are we living for? And I mean, and, and he's going on and he's talking about that. And then this their way is their folly. You know, if you're living for money, if you're living for uh, rank and, and, and prestige and all that, that's your folly. And then he tells you to think on those things. He says, like sheep, they are laid to the grave. Death shall feed on them and the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. And going on, but God will redeem my soul. And uh, so I think we got to ask ourselves the question today, what are we living for? And does our life look like something that's representative of a great God that can uh, give us, that we pass from death unto life, that gives us salvation, that gives us an answer, that gives us a way out? Or are we boasting of the things of this world? But God will redeem your soul from the power of the grave. That's what God does. There's no money. There's no priest. There's no high priest. There's no bishop. It's about a relationship you have with God. Now, it's important that we go to our churches and we learn everything we can from the Bible. And the, the Holy Spirit of God uses that to prompt us to get saved, to prompt us to be better people, uh, to all those different things. But I think we got to keep on asking this question. What are we living for? Be thou not afraid when one is made rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dieth, he shall carry nothing away. So over and over again, we're, we're hearing this. He's not carrying any, you're not carrying anything with you. So what are we living for today? Are we living to boast? Now, I have a friend on Facebook, and I won't say his name, but he brags about everything. He was in the army. His wife's still in the army. She's retiring. And I mean, he is the most braggadocious person you've ever met in your life. I believe he's saved, but I mean, uh, every meal his wife cooks, daughters, this is one lazy dude, by the way, I should tell you that. His wife works 10 hours a day, cleans the house and cooks his food, but he does lay on the couch. But this is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that if our life is based on bragging about things of this world, we're handling it wrong. I think if our life is based on achieving things of this world so we can brag about them, we're doing things wrong. And, and I think that's what Psalm 49 is talking to us about. Uh, we have a responsibility to love God, to trust God, no matter what our wealth is. We have a responsibility to do those types of things. And, and remember that death and wealth do not determine our destiny. Wealth must not increase your desires. You know, wealth sometimes brings people away from God. Wealth sometimes increases desires to buy things, to live in the bigger house, drive the bigger car, be the cooler person, whatever the case. We, we equate that because that's society in 2021. So how do we get rid of all these? Now, there's nothing wrong with being rich, folks. You don't have to give your money away. You don't have to do anything. There's nothing wrong with being people of wealth, getting by. But how do we get rid of, Stephanie, these desires? How do we get rid of uh, always wanting to have more money, always going toward money before we're God? How do we get rid of all that? Well, um, 
I was thinking through when you were talking, the Lord brought Mark 8 to mind where Jesus said, for whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. Yeah. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man? This is talking to someone who's a believer. If he shall gain the whole world. Yeah. Lose his own soul. For what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? I, I have watched two different kinds of Christians. I've watched Christians who have chosen to live with eternity in view, where their focus is to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. They are devoted to him. And, you know, they are the richest people in the world. They may not have all the money in the world, but they are the richest people in the world. Their spirit, their countenance, their life is so full. And I have watched other people who would claim to be Christians, only God knows, who may even be in quote-unquote, leadership positions as Christians. But if you know them, their life is not about Christ. Their life is not about laying up treasure in heaven. And I am watching them lose their own souls. Mm. And I think it boils down to this. Terrible. It doesn't say whosoever shall lose his life. It is, I don't think that always means death. It may, it may for Charles, it meant death. But I think it's saying where we literally, our life, our goals, our desires are literally nothing in compared. We are, we have literally laid those aside. We are willing to completely forget our own personal human worldly desires for the sake of Christ and the sake of laying up treasures in heaven by witnessing, by investing in the people God has brought across our path. God says those people, those people know what real life's about. They're the real rich ones. Yeah. And that's what I see Jesus as, as saying to me is, are you willing to lose whatever might seem important to you for my sake? Because if you are, you're the one who's going to find life. And, and that's where it's, that's the practical side. Are you willing to give everything to God? Are you willing to make God the focus? Are you willing to make being prosperous uh, with your relationship with God the main thing? And if you are, there, there's the good thing. So I wanted to save a couple minutes, but practical side of 49, it's not about wealth. You can't buy more life. The only way you can get more life is the way Hezekiah did. Beg God. He gave Hezekiah 15 more years. Hezekiah turned out to be a knucklehead. So if God gives you 15 more years, turn out to be a good person. But I wanted to talk for a minute because you're going to hear this before our uh, camp at Southland Christian Camp, uh, February 1st through Fe February 5th. It's a, a victorious woman's uh, conference, PTSD workshop conference and uh, so we want to tell you about it. We want to make sure you come. Now, Stephanie, when you came to your first camp, I mean, what, what was it you were looking for? I was looking for answers. Yeah. Um, but I honestly didn't know what I was looking for. I think I was looking for encouragement and hope. Um, 
beyond that, I didn't honestly know what to expect. I was honestly terrified um, because of where I was in PTSD. I didn't trust people because of past experiences. Um, and, you know, you know, I got slammed with being almost being betrayed by people I had trusted at that PTSD camp. And yet God showed himself so strong at that PTSD camp. Yeah, And it was life-changing for me. I mean, the Lord used it to give me a purpose for the future. He used it to give me a lot of answers for way more realms of life than just dealing with the ramifications from Charles' death. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was a life-changing, it was honestly one of the next to being, you know, obviously your salvation. It was, it was one of those major mile marker times in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it'll be for everybody. Come And, you know, mm-hmm. I think one of the great parts is being with other people who are going through junk. Being, That's right. Being with other people that are going through the same things you are and how God's dealing with them yeah. and how God's helping them. So we want to encourage you this year, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. This is a ladies conference. So if you come as a guy and want some help, I'll certainly be willing to console you. I'll be only preaching at night. And uh, But let me say this to you, friends. And uh, if you get an opportunity, you want to come to a Wounded Spirits camp or workshop this year. You want to do whatever it takes to get to one. I believe it'll really help you and it'll help you find that balance, find those things in your life. And, and uh, we see every single camp, we see somebody whose life was completely changed, completely redone, completely different, different over and over again. And uh, so I think that's significant. And so we want you to come out. And so one thing, Stephanie, that you've enjoyed most about camps uh, do you think you talked about being terrified and God helping you, but what do you think was the number one thing that you enjoyed the most at camps? Well, <clears throat> when I went to my first camp, I laughed more than I ever would have thought I'd laugh because the speaker couldn't help, but mix in things that made you crack up, Yeah, which was good for me. He's not um, good. yeah, very hard to do with good, like a medicine. And there is a lot of truth to that. And, um, so I think there's something really sweet about the fellowship. Yeah. I think there's something sweet about being with other people that are messed up. And, you know, there's a no judgment zone at camp. And there's a spirit of love there. Um, the love of Christ is shown. Yeah. And that ministers to you when you have been through trauma, whatever, however, you need a lot of love. You and do. that's one of the main purposes of camp is to show the love of the great physician to each other and um, to build each other up. That's what being a Christian brothers and sisters is all about. It is. And, and you know, that's it right there in a nutshell. So as Stephanie picks out our song verse for the day, I, I just want to let you know, you can go to woundedspirits.com, click on the green button that says register for the, uh, Victorious Ladies uh, PTSD Workshop and Camp. You want to make sure you sign up for that. If we can do anything to help you, listen, PTSD is a journey. Christianity yeah. is a journey. You mix them together, the Christianity journey, I think gets a little better when you have PTSD because every time you climb another hill, uh, looking toward that mountain, looking toward Zion, every single time you feel better, you feel better about yourself and you're having victories against your PTSD. So, Stephanie, what song are we wrapping this puppy up with today? So I picked out I'd Rather Have Jesus. Me too. 
<laughs> I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or land. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand than to be the king of a vast domain or be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. Well, I'd rather have Jesus. Let Eric tell you about how you can have Jesus. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth, and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.